Hey, so in Midtown, this is Brandon Shields. Today is Wednesday, June the 17th. I want to welcome you to another episode of our podcast designed to help you practice the way of Jesus in a time of global pandemic and social unrest. Today, I'm going to be continuing our discussion on self-awareness, and uh, I want to talk about the second tool that has been really helpful to me in growing in self-awareness for the sake of love, um, loving others, loving God in a deeper way. Uh, Yesterday, we talked about the uh, life story tool and really understanding your story and then, you know, kind of understanding the the broader story of God and kind of recasting your story within the story of God. And today I want to talk about uh, the Enneagram. And as I say that word, uh, I am hesitant even to talk about the Enneagram these days, uh, a little skittish because it's become uh, just an explosive fad and trend over the last couple of years. Um, and it's a tool that can actually be dangerous um, in the hands of people who lack wisdom or maturity. Um, I first encountered the Enneagram while I was in seminary um, and uh, in the course of some uh, psychology classes, actually back to college probably, and then into seminary, my wife was taking some uh, some psychology and spirituality classes. And um, at the time we were friends and began to explore a little bit of the Enneagram and kind of put it away for a while, didn't think much of it. And really in the last couple of years have come to appreciate it a lot more. I've actually been trained and certified um, in the Enneagram. And um, for those who are new to the Enneagram, basically um, the Enneagram is the word Enneagram literally means nine points or drawings. And I'm not going to get into all the specifics. You can read books and there's a lot of podcasts out on the Enneagram. But basically it's a spiritual psychological framework for describing patterns of human gifts and passions and sins and, and vulnerabilities and, uh, and just patterns in our lives uh, internally that drive a lot of our behavior, that expose a lot of our blind spots and, uh, and our hot spots and can lead us to deeper levels of self-awareness. It draws on ancient insights from the Christian desert fathers and mothers uh, from the fourth century, as well as uh, kind of combining current psychological research to identify these nine interconnected personality types or gifts from God to his image bearers, as well as passions and and sins and fatal flaws that keep us in bondage. And to really understand the power of the Enneagram as a wisdom tool, um, you kind of have to understand a little bit. I want to put this in the context of kind of uh, the Bible and our spiritual journey. You have to understand this, this struggle that Paul talks about in Romans chapter seven. And so I want to read these verses and this sets up a context for us to understand the power of the Enneagram for transformation. Uh, Paul writes, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate to do that I find myself doing for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil that I do not want to do this, I keep doing. So Paul here describes uh, this internal battle, this internal struggle between what you might call two selves or two ways of being in the world. These are um, kind of commonly referred to in the Bible, in the New Testament, as the old self and the new self. Um, you might hear these referred to as, as the false self or as our true self. Um, another author uh, Marilyn Vansel 
re, uh, refers to this as the adapted self and the authentic self. But basically what the Enneagram does is it, is it seeks to expose this uh, adapted self or this false self or the self that's not in line with the heart of God, the compulsive, reactive, mistrusting part of ourselves, this external persona that basically has developed um, as a, a response to life in a broken world. And we all develop early on these very unconscious, very but very learned and intentional strategies um, that are often hidden from us. But nonetheless, these are um, kind of illusions that we, we live under, strategies we use to protect ourselves from uh, a threatening world, a dangerous world. And so uh, the Enneagram um, shines a light into those strategies, helps us understand those um, those hidden parts of ourself that drive uh, really negative behaviors, destructive behaviors that undermine the life that God has for us um, in Christ, and then invites us to live more fully into this true self or this authentic uh, self in Christ, the self that that God has created in His image and wants to release. Uh, in us, this self that's made to be in union with him, the self that um, longs to experience communion and life with God and wholeness and freedom and and really is unhindered in its ability to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so this is kind of the journey that Jesus talks about even when he ta- when he calls us as disciples to uh, deny ourselves and take up a cross and follow him, to, to lose oneself so that we might gain another self. The self that we're to lose is this, uh, this false self, this adapted self, um, this illusion that's not really real. It's a construction um, that's, uh, that's, that's designed to protect us from life in a broken world. And Jesus says, that's the self you're to disown, to, um, to essentially cancel loyalty to, to die to, so that this new self may emerge, this new self in Christ. And what the Spirit does um, and, and can do through a tool like the Enneagram is can partner with um, this ancient system to help us understand a little bit about those strategies that we use, a little bit about those, um, those patterns that we have that keep us in bondage. And can lead us into um, with kind of paired with spiritual practices and um, uh, you know like prayer and uh, confession and, and forgiveness and things. Um, it can be a helpful tool in applying God's work of transformation more surgically as we uncover those patterns and then we seek to live into um, our true self in Christ. And so, Enneagram identifies these nine uh, types, these nine personality types. And, um, and tells us that um, each of these has a gift, like a way that they reflect the image of God in us, a way that we contribute something to the world. And then um, each of those types also cast a shadow. And the shadow is kind of the other side of our gifts. It's a preoccupation with our gifts, or our gifts in overdrive, um, used in self-centered ways rather than self-giving ways. And it's called a shadow because it's something we can't see. And yet it's, it works for us. It's a way we've learned to cope with life in a broken world. And so um, the way that we discover our, our shadow side and really our gift is, or excuse me, our, our, um, our type, our number is not so much by looking at our gifts, but by looking at our shadow. And you know, you've kind of come home to your number when you feel humiliated. And so a lot of people get obsessed with like 
you know, well, I'm a one and this means that, you know, I'm this kind of person, they focus more on the gifts, but actually you tend to know your number more when you feel this sense of humili- humiliation and yet this simultaneous sense of relief, like, oh, I'm, I finally been discovered. And, uh, and yet um, there's a sense of coming home to myself. And so um, just quickly type one, uh, Enneagram ones, um, reflect the gift of God, the image of God and God's goodness and his righteousness the shadow or the passion or the core fatal flaw or sin is anger or perfectionism. Type twos reflect God's love and care. Um, their core sin is pride, um, you know, or possessiveness, manipulation. Type threes uh, or Enneagram threes reflect God's hope and radiance. And the shadow is deception uh, or uh, kind of an overemphasis on their image. Um, type fours reflect God's creativity and depth. And the core sin there is envy. Uh, type fives reflect God's wisdom and truth, and their shadow or sin is avarice um, or kind of um, gr- you know greed. Uh, type sixes, Enneagram sixes, reflect God's faithfulness and courage, and the core sin there is fear and anxiety. Type seven um, reflect God's joy and abundance, and the shadow or sin is is gluttony. Enneagram eights reflect God's power and protective impulse and their core sin is lust. And Enneagram nines um, reflect God's peace and his oneness. And the core sin there is sloth or kind of uh, acedia or just indifference. Um, and so none of us are purely one number. We're all combinations of different numbers. So for instance, for me, I resonate deeply and identify with both the gifts and the shadow side of Enneagram types three um, and five and eight. And so... Um, what I want to just point out here with the Enneagram is that there, there are pathways for transformation that the Enneagram offers. And so the question is not just, um, what is my number, um, which is helpful to a degree to understand uh, and gain insights into those blind spots, those things that you can't see about yourself. But really, and again, if you're just kind of getting into the Enneagram or you want to look at it from a more kind of biblical or Christian perspective, I want to encourage you to, uh, you know, toward a couple resources. My favorite, one of my favorite books is Marilyn Vansel's Self to Lose, Self to Find. Um, she does a great job there of laying out not only an understanding of the Enneagram biblically and theologically, but just very practically how you um, uh, kind of integrate the Enneagram in terms of spiritual practice. Another new book that's out that's really good that I, I like um, is called Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. And uh, it's written by Adele and Doug Hal- Calhoun and Claire and Scott Lowridge. And uh, again, just a really fascinating look at specific practices. Um, and so if you're new, I want to encourage you to um, explore your Enneagram number, but to do it in the context of community. And so if you're, if you're a member of SOMA, or you're, you're in our community here at SOMA, we have several certified uh, Enneagram teachers that um, you could sit down and meet with and begin to process. I really want to encourage you to do that in community um, you know, tests can be helpful, but again, like tests can be incomplete. We can deceive ourselves. Um, we use an Enneagram test here, um, the web's profile, which I think is really helpful. Uh, but I would encourage you to do that with a spiritual director or a mentor or somebody who has some experience, um, with Enneagram and not just, you know, get together with friends, um, who maybe don't have that wisdom to offer. Um, the big question with Enneagram though is what do we actually do with this knowledge? How do we integrate this? In practice, and that's really my concern. In my heart, is um, you know moving from just self awareness to transformation. Because again, the goal is freedom. The goal is wholeness. The goal 
with Enneagram is love. And so for me, that's looked different in different seasons in my life. Um, Obviously, this is something the Spirit of God does in us. This is not something that's just the result of introspection or self-therapy. It really is about being with God and allowing God to meet you in those places of self-knowledge and leading you deeper into the knowledge of himself and, and comforting you and convicting you and, uh, and transforming you as you surrender these parts of yourself, as you welcome these parts of yourself and surrender them to God. You find that more and more um, you're experiencing God's love in really profound and powerful ways. And so for me, uh, as a three, you know, that's meant like living into my gifts more fully um, and recognizing that like my drive to uh, bring energy and life and radiance and and effectiveness to life is not a bad thing, and I can lean into that and embrace that and and name that and 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 push towards that in ways that bring life for other people. At the same time, I also have to be aware of my shadow side, how I can be deceptive and not just telling lies, but like trying to present the best part of myself because I deal with so much shame and avoidance of failure, and I can be very uh, conscious of my image and, and I can be somewhat of a shapeshifter depending on the environments in which I find myself and I can get defensive. And so for me, that's looked like practicing confession, just making sure that I'm not telling half truths, but that I'm confessing um, the ways that I try to spin or exaggerate sometimes um, that I'm, I'm honest and practicing like authenticity and real connection Um maybe practicing secrecy is another thing. Like for me, it's just, I don't need to broadcast everything that I'm doing. There are some things that just need to be kept between me and God and really um, held with God before they're shared with other people. Um, It's looked like, you know, uh, practicing like, you know, the presence of my feelings and naming feelings. Threes tend to avoid their feelings, even though they're in the heart triad uh, where they're attuned to the feelings of others. They often aren't very aware of their own feelings. And so just sitting with my feelings and naming sadness or fear or anger or whatever, it's also looked like practicing slowing down and patience, particularly in my relationships with others. I can tend to move around others or move against others rather than moving with others. And so just learning to be patient has been a huge journey for me. And, um, and so just slowing down in the mornings, not rushing uh, into my day, but taking time for silence and solitude and prayer and uh, examine and those kinds of things are just really core to how God's using the Enneagram to lead me into deeper levels of awareness. Uh, Marilyn Vansell has a really great um, uh, system in the back of her book called Own Up that can be really helpful just for processing different things that are happening in your daily life through this grid of owning up um, and kind of disentangling and naming and um, possessing the divine gifts that God has in you, as well as disowning the false self. Um, There's a really beautiful process. She also has some great liturgies or like prayers that are kind of customized to each Enneagram type that you can pray. And I've used these in different seasons to pray through uh, and ask God to transform me as I learn more about my patterns and what motivates me and my fixations and my preoccupations and the ways that those can get sideways uh, under the influence of sin and uh, because of my wounds and my sufferings, I am free then to confess those and bring those before God and um, 
And as I become aware of those, intentionally allowing the Spirit of God to transform me uh, in relationship, in community with other people, uh, can be a really powerful way to leverage the wisdom of the Enneagram. And so I, I hope that this is a helpful just kind of introduction to the Enneagram. Um, again, uh, this is really just a tool. It's not, um, it's not the Bible. It's not gospel. It's not the only thing, but I think it's been a powerful, a lot of people who practice the Enneagram have found it to be a powerful way to gain deeper insights into the gifts that God's given you, as well as uh, the passions and the sins that, um, that hinder you from loving God from a full and free heart. And so I pray that um, you would use this in that spirit, not just as a, as a road to self-discovery, um, but truly as a road to loving God with the fullness of your being and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And so I, I hope this has been a, just a helpful introduction to this uh, framework. And uh, again, if you have questions, you wanna email us here at the church, uh, we'd love to help you uh, get onto this journey and use this tool. So grace and peace to you as you go throughout the rest of your day. Thank you for uh, listening today.